This is AgriPulse Steam Rig for Thursday, December 2nd. Brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Taking to the air for biofuel incentives. New fertilizer duties recommended. And looking for FFA allies. United lands SAF flight, but will biofuel take off? With Congress weighing new policy incentives for sustainable aviation fuel, United Airlines flew a VIP fill 737 to D.C. with one of the jet's two engines running solely on the biofuel. At a reception afterwards at a Reagan Airport hangar, United CEO Scott Kirby described the flight as history-making and calling on Congress to pass the incentives the industry needs to increase SAF production. United billed the trip from Chicago as the first passenger flight on 100% SAF, but FAA standards limit SAF to 50% of a plane's fuel load, so the second engine was operating on conventional jet fuel. The massive Build Back a Better bill that Congress is considering would create a temporary tax credit for SAF and replace it with a broader clean fuel tax credit for which biomass-based diesel would also be eligible. A separate defense bill would authorize a pilot program in SAF production. Now take note, the biofuel used in the United 737 MAX 8 was produced by World Energy, a long-time biodiesel producer that operates a California refinery that makes SAF from waste fats and used cooking oil. Many other SAF feedstocks are under consideration of the industry, ranging from corn stover to oilseed cover crops. The fuel for the United flight included synthetic aromatic made from Iowa-produced corn sugar. The aromatics make the fuel identical to petroleum-based jet fuel. By the way, two lawmakers were on the flight, including Brad Schneider, an Illinois Democrat who is one of the industry's key allies. Commerce recommends duties on UAN imports. The Commerce Department is recommending countervailing duties on urea ammonium nitrate imports from Russia and Trinidad and Tobago, that on the basis that the products are unfairly subsidized. The department made a preliminary determination in favor of a complaint filed by CF Industries. The National Corn Growers Association criticized the decision, noting that Mosaic Company had earlier won countervailing duty of duties on the imports of phosphorus fertilizers. Given the crippling effect of these tariffs that have had on farmers, it's deeply disappointing to see that the U.S. Commerce Department and CF Industries would continue to press for more tariffs, according to NCGA President Chris Edgington. So what's next? The Commerce Department will impose preliminary cash deposit requirements on the affected UAN imports. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak after this. AgriPulse Daybreak is sponsored by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, the third largest dairy cooperative in the country based on milk volume. Edge is a powerful advocate of Washington for farmers throughout the Midwest. 
Dairy farmers have always been leaders in caring for the environment, and they continue to lead in addressing changing climate conditions. EDGE believes environmentally focused policies affecting agriculture should be guided by farmers, grounded in science, driven by the market, and sufficiently flexible to allow for innovation at the farm level. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. Fertilizer prices seen high through spring planting. Fertilizer prices have been running at all-time highs for a variety of reasons and will likely remain elevated at least through the spring planting season, according to a new report from CoBank. The benchmark Green Markets North American Fertilizer Index has risen 265% since May of 2020. High prices are likely to spur farmers to plant a few more soybean acres in 2022, but the report doesn't see a major shift away from corn. The current price ratio of soybeans to corn shows that soybean prices remain weak compared to corn, said Kenneth Scott Zuckerberg, GoBank's lead grain and farm supply economist. And demand for corn among U.S. ethanol producers is expected to remain strong given the current high fuel prices and record blending margins. But looking beyond 22, farmers may move more heavily into soybeans because of the increased demand for renewable diesel, the report says. EPA nominees advance in committee. Nominees to lead key areas of EPA's operations have advanced through the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee over Republican opposition. The committee is evenly divided and deadlocked 10 to 10 on Carlton Waterhouse's nomination to be Assistant Administrator for Land and Emergency Management. Due to the committee tie, the full Senate will need to take up the Waterhouse nomination. The nomination of David Allman to be Assistant Administrator for Enforcement and Compliance Assurance was approved 10 to 9, with Wyoming Republican Cynthia Lummis not voting. Chris Fry was approved to be Assistant Administrator for Research and Development with one Republican in support, Kevin Kramer of North Dakota. Now take note, the committee's top Republican, Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia, said her main objection to the nominees was EPA's lack of timely responsiveness to her request for information on issues such as how national carbon reduction pledges are being calculated. Farmers offer $1 million to help pay for lock and dam work. Lock and Dam number 25 on the Mississippi River near St. Louis is more than 80 years old and in need of renovation. So farm-funded groups are joining to try to get the work started by injecting $1 million into the process. The United Soybean Board, the Soy Transportation Coalition, the Illinois Soybean Association, the Iowa Soybean Association, the Iowa Corn Promotion Board, the Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council, and the Missouri Soybean Merchandising Council are poning up the funds to help pay for the cost of pre-engineering and design expenses to save the southernmost lock and dam on the Mississippi. Now take note. The recently enacted bipartisan infrastructure bill provides $2.5 billion for navigation projects 
Lockett Dam 25 is the first in line for money and ready for construction immediately, according to the Waterways Council. Bipartisan House Ag Pair forms FFA Caucus. Representatives Tracy Mann, a Kansas Republican, and Jimmy Panetta, a California Democrat, are forming a congressional caucus dedicated to strengthening the relationship between Capitol Hill and ag education classrooms across the country. The two representatives uh, today will announce the formation of the Congressional FFA Caucus, which aims to, quote, raise the profile of school-based agriculture education, FFA, and the next generation of leaders in food and agriculture, the lawmakers said. Here's today's She Said It. We shouldn't be pricing the cost of fluid milk on the price of cheese in Chicago. It's just dumb. That Senate Ag Committee member Kirsten Gillibrand, a New York Democrat, introducing a bill that would require USDA to hold hearings on possible changes to how milk is priced in the federal marketing order system. Gillibrand said the government needs to, quote, start from scratch and design a new pricing system. Well, that's Daybreak for this Thursday, December 2nd, brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Nally. This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Thursday, December 2nd, brought to you by the American Association of Crop Insurers. Good morning. I'm Jeff Nally. Here's today's headlines. That's Daybreak for this Thursday, December 2nd, brought to you by the American Association of Crop Insurers. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Nally.